Welcome to another episode of The Station Podcast. My name is Adam Longster. I'm joined as always by Samuel Phoebe Mugabe. We both as a Station Podcast endeavour to look at films and media through a curious lens, picking out themes and concepts that we find interesting from them. Today we are looking at the Jim Henson 1982 dark fantasy film, The Dark Crystal. On the planet Thra, two new races appeared when a shard of sash shattered from the Crystal of Truth, the malevolent Skeksis and the gentle Uru, or Mystics. The leader of the Uru raised a young Gelfling named Jen, whose clan was slaughtered by the Skeksis. As the great conjunction of Thra's three sons draws near, a dying Orsu instructs Jen to fulfil a prophecy to heal the crystal by first retrieving the shard from the Ugra. As Ursu passes, the Skeksis Emperor Skexo also dies, leaving the position for the leader vacant. When the Skeksis learn of Jen's existence, they send their army of giant crab-like Gartham to capture him, with Skexo following. Jen meets Argo and enters her orrery, as she explains about the conjunction before having Jen select the shard, the Gartham arrive and destroy the orrery, taking Argo prisoner as Jen flees. Hearing the call of the crystal, the Uru leave their valley to travel to the Skeksis castle. Jen meets Kira, another surviving Galfling who can communicate with animals. They stay for the night with the Podlings who raised Kira, only for them and Kira's pet Fizzywig to flee when the Gartham raid the village. Jen and Kira discover a ruined Galfling city with ancient writing describing a prophecy. They are interrupted by Skegzil. The Gelfling run off and reach the castle of the Crystal on Landstriders, intercepting the Gartham they attacked Kira's village. While trying to free the captured podlings, Kira, Jen and Fizgi descend to the bottom of the castle's dry moat and use a lower level entrance to gain access, but they are intercepted by the Skexel, who once again attempts to convince the Gelflings to come with him. Jen stabs Skexel's hand with the Crystal Shard in defiance, and Skexel, in a fit of rage, buries Jen in a cave-in and takes Kira to the Skexes. Skexor is reinstated as Chamberlain while giving Kira to the Skex's scientist Skekta to be drained of her life essence. Arga tells Kira to call for help from the captive animals. They break free in response and free Kira while causing Skeptic to fall down the crystal shaft to his death. The three sons begin to align as the Galflings reunite at the crystal chamber as the Skeksis gather for the ritual that will grant them immortality. Jen leaps onto the dark crystal but drops the shard with Kira taking the shard and throwing it back to Jen as she is fatally stabbed from behind by Skeksok, the Skeksis ritual master, and an enraged Jen inserts the shard into the crystal, fulfilling the prophecy. The Ura arrive and use the crystal to merge themselves and the Skeksis into beings that once were, the tall glowing and angelic Urskex. The Urskex leader explains to Jen that they had mistakenly shattered the crystal long ago, splitting them into two races and decimating Thra. Right, so welcome back to the Station Podcast. Um, we're kind of continuing the theme of puppetry uh, from two weeks ago when we looked at uh, Being John Malkovich, but this time we're actually looking at a film that is entirely pretty much puppets. Uh, so we're looking at The Dark Crystal, which is a 1982 uh, puppet animated dark fantasy film which is directed by uh, Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Um, it was kind of originally marketed as a children's film, but uh, to be fair, it is quite dark. Um, I think on first release, it sort of received mixed uh, responses, but it's sort of earned a more positive reception in late years. I think it's become a bit of a, a sort of cult cult favourite uh, for people who are fans of, of Henson and and kind of dark fantasy. So um, I've obviously already seen it, uh, but this is Adam, this is your first time um, delving into the kind of strange world of, of the dark crystal and galflings and skexies and, and all of that. So what... What were your first impressions of it? What did you think about it? I think the iconography is very recognisable. Like when we did the Muppets Christmas Carol, obviously that's like a world I was privy to. I understood like, oh, there's this world with Muppets and, you know, and weird characters and whatever. And it was kind of the same. It's like, oh, well, it, it's familiar. It looks familiar. 
and it has that sort of yeah the, the puppets and the, the the muppets are you know jim henson having quite a long reach it seems in in that sort of world and the fantasy world it's weird is it? it feels real within the kind of fact that it's not real but ev- everything kind of fits the same i think aesthetic and it's like the muppets like you you kind of feel like they're almost like real characters um within this world I think this is the first time we we delve we delve into an actual fantasy film. Mm. You you used a really great word in the last episode, which was uh, ma- magical magical realism. Magical realism, yeah. Which a lot of the films that we've covered up to this point have maybe been teetering on uh, having fantasy elements to them, but not quite sort of indulging that that element. This totally is is a fantasy land. It's it's totally it's dissimilar from us like obviously the characters that we follow in this they're maybe a little human-like like there are sort of way in yeah they're like almost like elf elf like aren't they they're kind of like elfin sort of humanoid creatures but they're definitely not humans like half hobbit half elf like the stout and short nature of a <laughs> hobbit but the beautiful and evangelical nature of like an elf yeah i think that's that's quite a good description of of kind of I think what they were going for with the with the Galflings, um, yeah. Say so the creatures that we look at this world are just completely dissimilar from what we'd. I mean, they may resemble bugs or or, or, or creatures that we know, but they're very. It's very distant, very alien in that way. So that's what I would say is like it's a far departure in that sense. Yeah, we definitely feel like we're we've transported to to the land of Thra in this case um and yeah we're definitely going we're on a, we're going on a fantasy journey and we're kind of going on a hero's journey which i think we talked a little bit about last time possibly where a lot of the films we've looked at don't follow this very traditional narrative that we we see back in folklore you know kind of and mythology going back to the kind of birth i guess of, of, of writing and, and kind of recorded history um a lot of them have been things that kind of subvert that they're a bit, a bit or maybe postmodern, they kind of look at that uh, narrative style and they kind of throw it on its head a little bit or kind of play around with it. Whereas this definitely, you know, you have a hero, you have a call to adventure, you have the kind of status quo being upset, you have a quest and you have a kind of resolution at the end. You have helpers who you meet along the way. And I guess you kind of have some love interest between the, the kind of two last galflings of their species. Yeah, very traditional in that sense. It's It, it follows those beats very closely I, I can even say to its detriment in some ways like the fact that it's it's so keen on following this this narrative to help people get along as you said it was like a kids film so you know you need some kind of through line to help you know kids get along with this because i think it does i think it's it it verges on being very deep fantasy mm. it's clearly something where if you'd shown this to somebody in the 80s or the 70s this would have been this is really weird like star wars is even a a jump for people even at that time this is completely as i say we're we're introduced to a a new world you know there's this this crystalless object that we have no real relation to like what you know what does it do and then you know it's kind of like it's supposed to be the linchpin of this world and then all of a sudden we're thrust into oh well there's this D- divide and division of the Skeksis and the the mystics and there's these you know this land and you know it's a lot to sort of it, like put someone on and it's like whoa yeah yeah and I guess it's a time as well when like pre Lord of the Rings being made into like a you know Hollywood film and I think at that time big budget fantasy wasn't as much of a big thing as it as it perhaps is now you know it's a time when. I think, you know, people in America thought that, you know, if you played Dungeons and Dragons, you were a Satanist, you, you know, you worshipped <laughs> Satan. That That's the kind of attitude towards fantasy. It's all that kind of culture is not, you know, it's much more in the kind of mainstream now. You know, you don't have to you know, go and meet your, your Dungeons and Dragons dealer on the on the corner and get your minis and stuff like that. And, you know, make sure that, that you don't kind of get thrown in jail for, for worshipping Satan or something like that. So it's a, yeah, but it's a weird time for that. And I mean, like, it's weird fantasy, like, this is i find this quite strange watching it and i i you know i like fantasy but this is very odd it's it's fringe stuff isn't it it's not the type of stuff that people would have been prepared to to deal with as you say like dungeons and dragons very nerdy very you have all these rules these sets of new worlds that you have to accept and you know what these things these orcs these you know these these goblins these creatures 
these are weird to me. I don't get this. I don't understand this. Like, that's, I imagine somebody coming into something like this, like, oh, there's these weird lizard vulture creatures that are called the Skeksis, and they all have this society, and, I mean, it's not a departure. Like, we have that. I was saying to Sam before, the, the kind of divide between like the Skeksis and the rest of the land being that the Mystics or the Gelflings or the Podlings. It's kind of like the bourgeoisie, you know, Skeksis versus the the plight of the proletariat. Quite literally in their sort of castle, aren't they? In their high tower kind of surveying the (laughs) land, eating these ridiculously exorbitant... Like they have, there's a banquet scene where they're eating all these dishes that, I mean, some of them are alive. The kind of creatures that they're eating are still alive. And, you know, the sort of way they're eating is so visceral and disgusting they you know they're kind of just shoving stuff into their mouths and you can hear them chewing and ripping things apart um it's almost it's like last days of rome really isn't it these you know this kind of Mm. orgy of food and exuberance and then you know you kind of have the mystics that are almost uh, i i kind of think of it it's it's almost like two sides of a coin really isn't it and as the narrative kind of goes on we find out that yeah actually they are two races that were birthed from the shattering of the crystal and, and one race that that kind of was was a bit i guess like wiser but then it, it they kind of made a mistake and, and sort of shattered so you do get this this kind of yeah like bourgeois proletariat or kind of nature and and kind of culture almost as well because we get that the mystics are a bit more that closer to nature and a bit more kind of natural and sort of embody embody that a little bit more than the skexy yeah i was saying to sam before this it it clearly has this bent or this nature theme which is quite prevalent in it of a return to nature that nature is good that nature is is noble especially if you see the mystics in it they're portrayed in this quite um sort of magnanimous way they're very mm. they're very they take on things and it's oh it's okay we just do we do the things that we're supposed to they they seem like they have that sort of i don't know eastern philosophy kind of um accepting a bit more way of zen things. zen aren't they kind mm. of in, in, in sort of what they do and there's there's quite a lot of images of them sort of drawing stuff in the sand this you know this kind of non i guess like non-permanent sort of rituals that they're sort of doing and they live a very i guess yeah it's, it's not an extravagant lifestyle is it they just live in these kind of little huts and they're very much kind of part part of nature and um you kind of see that the Skeksi are trying to change the land around them and manipulate it and trying to i guess it's like trying to live forever they're trying to become immortal that's their kind of goal, really. Yeah, they've clearly used the Gelflings at some point to uh, for their own gains. Like, as we we find out when they're trying to extract the essence from one of these podlings, which is absolutely horrific and, and terrifying yeah, when you like see it. Something from a Clockwork Orange, isn't it? That it's this this poor little cute puppet is like strapped into a chair and it's exposed to like the the kind of concentrated light of the crystal, and it it kind of zaps its its energy um and its essence kind of comes in out into this little uh vial and it they become these kind of mindless slaves really don't they that have had that and i think in the end they get their essence back they kind of become people again but it's yeah it's like clockwork orange a horrific sort of uh scene that they're just kind of harvesting this these souls like kind of like vampires really to kind of try and live forever but it, it doesn't work because it only really works with galfling essence is the kind of the skexy scientist sort of says to the annoyance think that prospect has been going on for quite some time where they've been ridding to sort of like a thousand years isn't it i think a, a thousand years of of drinking gelfling and ex, you know leading to them to be extinct and that's obviously why we think you know they, they they've they've had war and and they've obviously used them to extents like when they mention oh it was better with gelflings gelflings mm. are more effective at doing this out there is the great shaft of the castle Position the reflector. The reflector will capture the beams of the dark crystal floating high above. Look into the reflector, Podling. Feel the power of the dark crystal. Yes, and now the beam will rid you of your fears, your thoughts. Your vital essence. You're very lucky, slave. Only the Emperor can drink your essence. Ah. He's here. 
For a kids film, returning to that aspect, because it is, I think this is under the, the, the veneer and guise of it being a kids film. It's it, it you're throwing a kid in a very weird circumstance, and I do think that's why these like tenants of like oh the hero's journey, you know, there's good versus evil. It's easy to understand, and I think a kid could probably interpret that. Oh well, I get you know what's going on. They're, these kid, you know, I I can relate to Jen the the gelfling in the story because oh well they just want to do good. They you know they're clearly just following orders and and doing something that they think is right and. Everything else is like it's an adult story, but sort of dressed up as like, oh, it's supposed to be for kids, and it's like, no, it's it's not really a kid story. <laughs> it is, yeah, very very dark. I mean, there's other, you know, there's obviously the, the kind of you know sort of scene we've sort of talked about, but there's also the bit where where one of the Skeksis, the Chamberlain, is him and, and the general are kind of have this weird contest to see who's going to become the next emperor, and they the the general wins and they kind of ritually like take off his robe which makes them look really strange because they're these odd kind of you said adam like bird lizard creatures but their robes and kind of mantles and things that they wear seem to make up like most of their body mass and as soon as they take them off they're these very weedy kind of almost looking creatures um and they have these horrible horrible horrifying screams that he's just like kind of like these bird calls that he's making as they're kind of pulling off his robes and and i guess like it's like humiliating him but also kind of taking away his sort of place in society and then he's like banished but yes, yeah, I was just kind of watching it. Like, oh my god, this is horrifying! It's awful. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's definitely like the the thing of robes. It's like being taken away his position as the Chamberlain, and that's obviously the ultimate sort of disgrace. And again, it's like armor. It's like these these robes that they have. It's it's too much. Like there's, it's like it's like huge shoulder padding, but like all around your body i mean like to buff you up as a person because they do look really weedy it's like an 80s power suit isn't it you know like with the big <laughs> yeah. kind of pants, but, but kind of like a sort of fantasy version of it, which maybe is you know it was made in the 80s wasn't it so maybe there's something to do with that but i mean it kind of gets on to like obviously it's all puppets like what did you think of of the kind of puppetry and and the designs of the puppets because i mean for me i thought you know there's some fantastical creatures that they've kind of created in this in this world they had some it clearly had a lot of imagination with what they did and how they implored i think even the skeksis i think they look the way that they've been puppeted is fantastic like you can clearly tell that there's a lot of expressions and and, and they're very distinct they're not just all of the same it's generic i mean that ranges for me from brilliant and fantastic where it looks amazing and actually Mm. uncanny to you know you'd be like wow this is a this is a world and people do live but then sometimes like some of the gelflings look a bit you sometimes like when it pans out and they're out of shots you're like yeah that's a that's clearly a human there that's clearly like just they've put up someone in like who's really tiny and he's scaling and scuttling up a mountain or whatever it's like yeah Mm. okay um they do look a bit sort of like you know um glassy-eyed and sometimes their eyes are a bit off-center when they're looking at something if you get too close up it's like oh you know that does look a bit weird like the the things that are sort of look less human uh look look better than the kind of ones that are, are trying to look a little bit more like humans and it i guess it's that like uncanny valley that they hit isn't it where because the eyes aren't quite right so we kind of we because you know we like humans look at eyes we focus on eyes we focus on faces we look at these things and we kind of pick them apart and go well that's not quite right that isn't quite right Whereas if we look at a weird kind of bird creature, we're like, oh yeah, no, like it's, it's hideous. Look at it; it's it doesn't look like a person, but we can appreciate it as this weird bird creature. The the Gartham in this, you can see a a kind of yeah, there's like giant sort of beetles, and as I say, hunched over these kind of huge hulking masses. I thought they looked brilliant. They looked obviously there were clearly some people in the suits kind of doing some of the gestures, but they looked good. I mean, it was quite convincing because again, we'd never seen these giant scuttling like crab beetle creatures. I think there's something really dark about those. Like, I think, yeah, I think you know, if I was a child watching is that those would give me nightmares. Like, they're horrifying. The way that they move, the way that they kind of seem to like activate when they're called, as their kind of you know legs and limbs kind of come out and start like waving. The sort of noise they make as they're moving, and there's just so because they're so much bigger than most of the other kind of creatures, aren't they? You know, they they kind of 
are twice twice as high as like the Gelflings, and they're about the same. They're a bit bigger than the Skeksi, and they're obviously much more, you know, because they're beetles. There's, there's a lot more mass to them. That they just have this almost like inevitable kind of force that if that's chasing you, it, it, it eventually it's going to catch you, and you, there's not really much you can do to sort of fight it off. I think there's one scene where when they're kind of on the land striders, they manage to like take a few of them out, but they there's just always more of them. Kind of yeah, they always just seem to. Yeah, there's more and more keep being produced, or like from like these huts or holes in the in the, the castle of the crystal itself. Like some of the imagination that went into like some of the fusion of of, of like creatures. As I say, most of them are sort of based on like creatures that we see. Like mm. as I say, there's like this lava lava beetle kind of creature, and there's like a witch. Uh, Agatha, you know, who kind of has a, a similar kind of staple in the story. Again, the witch with one eye that that appears quite a lot in sort of traditional legends. Yeah, and, this and, uh, is it Percy. It's uh, one of the Greek myths. There's like the three three coven of witches all have one eye, like between them, isn't there? Um, and yeah, that's definitely like a a kind of yeah, like you know, traditional sort of. Uh, mythological staple of kind of having yeah with this one eye like odin i guess in in norse mythology has, has like one eye so it's clearly based in our in like what we see in the world like it's not that far removed like you can see oh that's the inspiration again like some of the things like the the land striders are very are very strange like they are i'd say they're probably one of the things that i thought was just completely removed apart from the celestial beings we see at the end like which are the fusion and the mystics and um the skeksis yeah which i thought like i looked at that and i was like what what are these creatures what are these like ethereal evangelical like tree like they had like these these roots coming out of the head and they were like you know oh it was those were probably like the most far removed and you're like they've got like a weird light coming from it well don't they that they almost are like too bright to really look at properly you you can kind of you can't quite make out sort of what they are yeah they're very very strange definitely we kind of mentioned before about harry hausen and like jason and the argonauts sort of the mm. clay animation or claymation and these those sorts of things like that look like oh well that wouldn't be amiss in something like that because they have that uncanny valley where they just they look a bit too kind of it looks too far removed from humanity but they don't look like they couldn't be alive that doesn't look like they could not be alive so it is a bit like those i thought that was particularly like creepy although it's supposed to be quite gentle and 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 uh, easy to kind of you know yeah like you'd cross this you yeah you'd you'd kind of be a bit a bit i don't know perturbed or kind of a bit worried if one of those just appeared in your house like they look very strange and, and kind of odd it'd be highly disturbing yeah i think yeah. like they'd be like oh jesus what the hell is that you know it's it's not they're not quite easy so i think for anybody younger i think these are harder elements because again i think most of the stories that we looked at and most of the stuff that we talked about like um the never-ending story or willow or you know i'd say even in the, the beginning of like harry potter those first films the adaptation of those they take a very novel approach to fantasy they're very mm. then they don't take it as serious i think the cutting the cutting point or the threshold is like lord of the rings that's when fantasy mm. seemed to be taken right it's a serious world these are there's wars happening there's there's really uh, you know dire consequences it's not these fluffy you know bouncy animals mm. the, the dark crystal it seems to be verging on taking it seriously taking it you know there is a world there's there's some ideas here but we're not we're still going to take that novel approach we're still going to make it a bit weird and a bit goofy and a bit you know silly and fun yeah i definitely i think i definitely agree with that i think there's yeah you can kind of see it trying to almost like find its its kind of seriousness but then i guess you know the maybe the fact that like it's puppets and also the fact that it's made for children is that there's a there's a little kind of undertone of a sort of silliness within it but there's yeah i mean it's dealing with very serious kind of issues and you know like a quest and this you know people people die in it you know characters sort of do get killed and fall into you know it has that kind of star wars thing of having this weird kind of lake of i think it's like lava or something in the middle of the castle for almost like no apparent reason just for people to like fall into which in every star wars film you know you've got to have like building a spaceship you've got to have a weird kind of you know inexplicable kind of 
thing in the middle with gantries so people can fight and fall into it you know a pit of doom you've got to have this huge yeah like <laughs> lava pit like you gotta you just gotta have it like you know um so it, it does yeah definitely have that that sort of feel you know like mount doom this kind of yeah, place for, for things to fall into like why not i don't know do you do you think that that is true though of like all fantasy because i don't know i can't remember when star wars re- was released but that was another story that took very similar like i, I see like ewoks i was comparing endor to to like where the podlings were like mm. you know some of the tree stuff i thought it was really cozy and really nice and 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 and, and sort of fancy like those those are similarities you could take there that's a you know but this is, as I say, that had humans in it, and there was a human story, you know, coated in this world, like or you know, the the world, the fantasy world coated this. This is kind of more the the fantasy is the is the thing itself. This is like you know, again, the Gelflings are the closest thing to human we get. Do you think there's any sort of similarities or comparisons? Because again, Star Wars was a human story within mm. the fantasy realm within the sci-fi realm this is total fantasy this is totally removed from human nature there's nothing related to humans in this i guess the kind of similar thing is that they're both is quite a similar story of this like hero's journey that we sort of discussed is it kind of pulls them together so even though like i guess like the dark crystal is like it's not a story about humans but it's created by humans and we get you know the bleeding in of like human culture into this like non-human world this kind of fantasy world and uh, yeah and in sort of the designs and the, and the motives of of the characters in it obviously you know star wars is in space but i think both of them have that kind of operatic value that a lot of high fantasy has which probably kind of like you know it, it's a callback to things like the ring cycle and like the norse mythologies yeah. and greek mythologies that do have you know a lot you're kind of reading a lot of you know greek mythology and it is like reading a it's kind of like a fantasy soap opera almost you know it's these amazing <laughs> characters and these fantastical <laughs> things but these very petty kind of problems and it's all squ- you know it's the gods squabbling and and kind of like having affairs with mortals and trying to find out and you know all these kind of very human human things that they're doing that wouldn't be out of place you know on something like coronation street not to kind of compare the two things because they're obviously <laughs> very different but i think you know it does that it's this over the top kind of operatic sort of feel that a lot of fantasy and all especially like older fantasy has to it that maybe a bit more modern fantasy like something like game of thrones definitely doesn't have that's definitely like rooted in the real world or a real a realer world yeah i mean that was one of the things i was thinking about when you look at like game of thrones which was highly accepted by people and i think generally would be uh not niche fantasy at all like it very it was very popular fantasy like if you were to show this to somebody who likes game of thrones could could they you know could they get on board with it i don't i don't think so i don't this is definitely more of a throwback this kind of reminds me a little bit of willow which is obviously you know george lucas was involved in that and obviously was involved in star wars and you know that's obviously a lot closer to this kind of fantasy of this sort of you know fantasy adventure of someone you know this kind of hero's journey of them having got having a quest and having to go off and do something so i think there's definitely that you know time period of like 70s of 80s of fantasy maybe starting to come a little bit towards the mainstream if not quite kind of getting there i think people were maybe still more into like sci-fi you know star wars was 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 really big and became a bit more kind of mainstream then where it's kind of looking forward isn't it where it's maybe now we're looking like a little bit further back because it's a bit scary the future (laughs) yeah so bright well i mean i think star wars is definitely like a a nice little jaunt through the future i wouldn't say there's any predictions of oh this is a horrific future although to be fair it is it is a long long time ago yeah so. in, a, in a galaxy far away yeah but it's like it's you know we we can look at it and go well we're not actually quite there yet technologically so even though this might have happened a long time ago it's in somewhere where there's you know the te- their technology is a bit better than ours so we can look forward to to you know pod racing and uh, blowing up death stars with little and three little exhaust ports and things like that but maybe we're getting a little bit off uh <laughs> maybe a bit off the dark topic. crystal but well but who, I, who knows i was gonna say there was a big companion piece to this which was labyrinth uh which was jim mm. henderson as well um which we should look at at some point because it's that is a bizarre film but that's quite the same like obviously people have the same uh, reactions that has Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie to kind of bring people back to oh right okay well there's there's realistic elements to this at least I can get on board with that 
But again, those weird kind of elements pop up in that. Now, I, I haven't really seen it, but I've seen loads of stills and things from it. And I know it's it's just as strange, if not maybe more stranger than this. I'd say stranger. It's weirder. Labyrinth is... If you think this is odd, then like Labyrinth is a wild ride, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really odd. And again, you know, it's a kid's film, but it's not like... I can remember watching that when I was quite a lot younger and I couldn't get past like the first 50 minutes. I was terrified. I had to turn it off. <laughs> I can deal with that. It's because all these goblins come and like kidnap this 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 girl's like younger brother. It's really hor- and she's like like my brother's just gone. Like what am I supposed to do? It's horrifying. It's definitely yeah. It takes that sort of um, similar approach in the sense that there are very almost horrific things having to be done. Like the things that are, you know, like oh well, people being taken away. Like in the, the Dark Crystal, we see um, Jen's sort of master die straight away disappear you know that's pretty like you know it is like oh well Mm. there's this protective figure we don't get much insight and and maybe that's my biggest qualm with this i did enjoy it and i liked it but i would have liked to just been a bit more comfy and cozy in the the world like get to know the world a bit more you never you're never allowed to stay in one moment are you in one like they they come to the podlings village and there's a kind of a, a little montage of them having this this dinner this kind of celebration where they're playing music um, and we kind of get um, Jen's like taken up to dance and he's like eating food and thanking them and then he's playing music with them and then the Gartham attack. Yeah. And he's kind of all over in like three, maybe like three, four minutes of, of kind of footage. So yeah, there's, and it's interesting because, you know, if you think of something maybe more like Lord of the Rings where, you know, they do go through these sort of different areas, but because they've got more time, you know, we kind of get an idea of what Lothlorien's like. We get an idea of Moriah before kind of the goblins attack them. We get an idea of these kind of places like Ministerial before some action happens. There is some more talking, you know, that's, it's an hour and a half. It's not that long. So it's got something to do with that. It's for kids as well. You know, I, I guess like, you know, as adults, we're maybe more okay to like listen to lots of uh dialogue and i think you know we were sort of chatting about it before and saying that like well maybe puppets don't really lend themselves to lengthy dialogue because it is just their mouths moving and you can't really their eyes and you can't act with their whole face in the same way that you can with like people yeah a lot of the dialogue from this is very simple it's very much i wouldn't say it's a lot of it's very expository again it's it's just people having to explain like there's this thing you you know this thing the great you know the great conjunction is gonna happen but uh, like just reminding me of that when i said that there's this really nice little planet set where there's like all the all the kind of stars i thought like when you went in there it's like wow look at this this is really cool the is it orrery yeah kind of, yeah that's such an amazing scene it just reminds me of something like from prince of persia you know there's kind of you'd, you'd go into some sort of observatory that's the word yeah I'm <laughs> and there'd be all these you know planets and stuff that you have to move around and get off i think yeah it's insane it's like a mate this amazing kind of set which then very <laughs> kind of said very quickly gets destroyed as the gartham once more turn up and that's why i feel like the story and the the necessity of we have to pl- drive this forward you have to have, as you say rightly so the gartham every time are destroying each set you know it's like there's this lovely wonderful thing that you've created and i think how much effort that must have gone through and then all of a sudden yeah, well here's the plot right okay well we've got more important things to do nope you know it's like what, 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 just stay here just... it happens it happens with sets though i think it's really depressing like i can remember uh, chatting to some people um at, who, who were doing like set design and yeah they'd make sets for a show at, at uni they'd make sets for a show the show would happen and then the sets would just get dismantled taken out a door and and, tried, and then every so often they might keep something but not very often you did you know it's done shows happened not got space for it it's, it's chip it put it in the chipper you know donate it <laughs> burn it whatever it's gone and for something like that for this observatory in in the dark crystal to like not be utilized as much as it is it just to me it's a, it's a it's a real shame and that's where i feel like that's to me the best parts of this 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 film is really the the sets the character designs mm. again it's it's brimming with imagination it's it's clearly like there's loads like, it's I love too those, much really isn't there i love those little trees that scuttle around and like all the like and the crystal bats and things like that or there's that kind of like it's like a mouth but it looks like a mound and this little creature goes into it and then it like eats it but then all the kind of plants around it start kind of like moving like, like it's, tittering you know, it's, and it's, yeah 
Yeah, it's kind of sp- things like spread out under the soil. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that that's the problem. As I say, we just kind of and then even in that shot where we get like here's the little bit of the land here's this little magical forest oh 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 right here's jen he's he's sitting with the shard like what what is going on with this you know and looks into the sh- it's like come on just like let's let's you know play a bit you know that's what i want to you know yeah we want to we want to get lost in the woods a little bit i think in this in this one is the, the woods are amazing we want to just kind of you know wander a little bit we don't need to go down the path to the to the final you know goal of the story we can we can wander a little bit more perhaps maybe the seriousness of the story and how um it takes these these concepts very um not lightly at all actually maybe inhibits it a bit maybe it could have done to be a bit you know more juvenile and a bit more callow and fun with like oh well we'll just you know like let's have a bit of fun here and let's you know for the kids like as i say like that would have been actually fun to you know as i say because it is fun like a lot of these creatures maybe they're just a bit too serious like as i say there's this clearly hierarchical establishment between the skexies where like the emperor has the 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 scepter and you know the chamberlain goes to grab it and he's like no mine you know there's Mm. clearly like you know some sort of like it's, it's that's what i mean like that in kids is not they're not interested in oh well trial by stone there's going to be a you know a now reorientation of the, the of the structure where you know the general is now the leader and the emperor and he is now you know a cast aside like to me that's like for a kid they're just like eh, i don't I don't really mm. care about that i'm not they interested want something like like fizzgig yeah like, exactly you know, the kind of co- comedic relief this like little ball of so like he's like a ball of fur and teeth really isn't he some just kind of like hand puppet that kind of comes out of uh, logs and things and kind of he's quite good at jumping i think like there's a bit where he, he kind of jumps up onto the back of one of the land striders which are like fucking huge so you know he's got moves <laughs> yeah he definitely has <laughs> yeah I, I mean that's what as i say like stuff like the land striders were elements that i thought like as a kid if i saw that i would be enchanted but again, they're not mm. utilized to their full extent. They're just, you know, they, again, they die quite quickly, don't they? Like just get pushed off get, one of these, you know, like. This and then side. one gets, I don't know, like taken apart by all the other oh, Gartham. Yeah, yeah, kind of swarm they, around it. It's really all the Gar- bad. All the Gartham, yeah. like you know, crowd over and start like it looks like they're just about to pick it apart. Like in a more R-rated version, you would have seen like it, you know, the, this poor Landstrider dis- disassembled. Yeah, and these like beautiful kind of creatures, aren't they? Really long legs. They're kind of quite they're almost like a yeah they look like kind of stilt walkers and they've got these like huge long legs and kind of quite small kind of bodies and they look almost like they've got like little mustachios they're kind of whiskers yeah they're kind of like almost like cats but then they look maybe more like seals or something like that i don't know the kind of bodies like these, a like, legs cat fi- like maybe like a catfish giraffe or something yeah so it's yeah they're kind of like a catfish reverse giraffe where it's got long legs because giraffes do have quite long legs don't they kind of yeah where's the next yeah. the, they, they have quite stout little um you know sort of like turtle like shapes that you know the sort of heads are sort of in, actually in mm. the body themselves yeah so it it is pretty like it's pretty surreal in that way but i think it again it does enchant me in that in, in that sense and i do i think it has a charm but I, I think you know it just it verges on being as i say i just imagine anybody else watching this and just thinking like Especially when you go back, like I don't know, forty years, you just look at it like, what? What is this? <laughs> like, what is what is going on? It's that, I just the thing that we kind of touched upon last time about like how odd some old films are, like how they were just. I think as you said, like green lighting things left, right, right, and center. They're like, yeah, like oh, like you go through a portal, you're John Malkovich, make it. Like here's money. Like here you go. Like make that. We ha- we must produce that. Whereas you know now you're missing something. They're like. Mm. You know, well, maybe we'll make that, but you know, maybe you got to change this and that and this. Whereas, you know, back then they were just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, yeah, puppet, dark fantasy, crystal, yeah, sorted. Like, do it. Yeah, anything a bit more postmodern or a bit weird, it probably would end up on like the the small time or the like the quieter times of like Adult Swim or mm. a, a channel or, or or series like that, where they will air something quite weird. But there's like an acceptance. We've gone past that point where this would be considered super weird and like, whoa, this is too niche. Because obviously we talked about there's a Netflix series which of the Dark Crystal, which they've expanded the universe. Yeah, yeah. 
So there's a demand for it in that sense. Yeah, definitely. I th- you know, I'm, I, I guess, you know, neither of us have seen that. It might be something interesting to, to kind of cover in the future because I feel like, you know, a series in this world would get more of a look at the world and it, it could be at a slower pace and, you know, po- possibly the fact that it's probably been made more for people who watched it at, when they were kids or growing up but who are obviously now adults means that the pacing is going to allow that, you know, maybe more dialogue and, I don't know, perhaps they'll there might be a kind of use of a mix between like puppets and some kind of CGI and stuff to, to maybe do something with the faces, eyes. I don't, I don't know. I've not, we, we should watch it and then we could, we'd have more of a kind of more of a solid opinion on it. But it does look very interesting and good and kind of, yeah, to expand the world and kind of the things that have happened, I think is um, always quite interesting. I, I like it when stories kind of go back and do that. I think it, it works well. Or it can work well. Well, it definitely has that basis for it. I think, yeah, when we've talked about the story here again, it's, it has potential. I just don't think it really realizes that in a major way. You know, it, I think it, you, you go through the experience of this and it's quite, you know, as I say, it was enjoyable, but I would say it was very sort of like, you know, it was very tepid, you know, in that sort of sense. It mm. wasn't, I would so say. We've been, we've been shown this like banquet of, of this world and then we've been just given a very little, small little slice, slither of it, a small little kind of plate of, of the world. and we But we can kind of see glimpses of the rest of it sort of in the, in the you know panning shots and in the um you know in, in the kind of scenes and stuff but we don't quite linger as, as long as we'd perhaps like to but maybe that's because we're older now you know an hour and a half goes very quickly when you're in your 20s when you're you know, when you're 12 10 11 12 it's, it's quite a long amount of time you know um you had some very interesting uh sort of ideas and theories before do you want to go over one of those because yeah uh, or yeah which one which ones what was that? What, I, d- I don't know. Interesting which... theories, me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not quite talked about. So the kind of yin and yang element of it that we've maybe mentioned a little bit is that obviously the Skeksi and the Uru or mystics are basically like each one is connected to one of the other race. And, you know, we kind of learned that they were both at one point a race that split when the crystals split. And, you know, the, the Skeksian body, you'd probably kind of call the more evil, darker sort of tendencies of these creatures. And, and the Uru are the kind of gentler um, ones, but they are like physically linked, like at the, and, you know, it very quickly establishes that at the beginning when we see the, em- the Skeksi emperor die, we also see the kind of leader of the mystics, the kind of master, of the mystics die as well and throughout the film is is one gets hurt or dies the other will just kind of crumble into dust or or be cut at the same time i thought that was fascinating because yeah it's like the repercussions of the life you live um impacts another so for the skeksis and the uru or mystics yeah just having that sort of you know connection to each other like you could one could live a really benevolent life but you're both responsible yeah it's something that's it's kind of hinted at i think that it's not necessarily like they're obviously quite like physically linked and it's very explicit but there's the sort of bit where um uh, is it kira yeah yeah there's the bit where kira and jen um kind of when they hold hands they is it kind of like they soul dream or soul bond where they kind of see each other's futures and there's a bit at the end where um after the skeksis and uru become kind of like one kind of uh, creature where it sort of says that it's kind of the interconnectedness of everything or, or everyone in the world is kind of connected in a way so it's almost that it's like a little bit more than just these two ones even though these ones are like very explicitly connected see i love that i loved when to me because that was like to think about that where you connect to somebody so deeply and you know everything about them straight away just by touching them like an overview or like a slideshow of the, someone's life and they're just telling you about themselves mm. and you, you get it from their perspective like i love that idea that they could just they could soul bond in that way and you could just see each other's like and sort of and that instant connection can be there because that's a really good device you can use that in kind of different ways or like that people are connected in, in, inherently or there's this kind of twin nature i mm. i love that 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 to me was like something that it again it, it gave you a little tidbit gave you a little morsel of food and said oh yeah that's kind of interesting yeah isn't it? it's like I, I thought it's a kind of the moment when the film starts to kind of get onto maybe these like higher, you know, kind of more philosophical kind of matters that a lot of the films we've looked at have dealt with about, yeah, that these two, these two things are connected, these two creatures and, and obviously one, they're like trying to live forever, the Skeksi, so presumably the longer they live, the longer the mystics live and they're kind of, 
you know it kind of reminds me a little bit of like uh, is it dragon heart where the the kind of king the evil king is like has been is kind of his life is connected with the dragon so the dragon has to if the dragon dies he can die and i guess it's like you know the same with maybe like voldemort and like the horcruxes and this kind of idea of supplanting part part of your soul being split and put into into different things but i think yeah it is interesting that it's like you know they obviously haven't done anything to the mystics because obviously if they killed the mystics they themselves would die so they've kind of just left them to to sort of live their life uh, undisturbed and kind of undisturbing them but I, I kind of think it's really interesting that thing of like yeah you can live your life really goodly and then because someone else does something makes a mistake and dies you just you're gone like doesn't matter but it's almost but it's almost that responsibility for somebody else. Like you're so connected with someone else that you have no similarity to has taken a completely different path to you, but you're responsible. You can't do anything to that person. You are, you are inherently that person or that, that thing. You are that thing. Like we talked about that in the sort of the doppelganger episode where it's Mm. like, you have that responsibility for like this different aspect or element of yourself. And you know you have to accept that you just i think the mystics take that sort of responsibility of this is another part of myself this is another aspect of of me really or or what i i am and as i say that that stark contrast of both where you see like and i think that's a a beautiful representation of that because again we are sometimes the people or things that we don't think we're very connected to we are inherently Mm. we we're, we're one step away from that we're very close to becoming that you know or we're not too far you know only a couple steps and it's like the stark contrast of what you know time could do to you what if you just take those little steps and indulge Mm. yourself a bit more how that can lead you down these paths of the skeksis becoming very because there we see like how they they treat death like there's the skeksis who let's see the last emperor you know and they're they're bowing and even the emperor at the last moment is like i am emperor still like you know and the other skeksis is kind of giving up and accepting their death and it seems a lot more uh, noble way to go but the, the others that you know as i say that they, they prize and cling on to it in a such mm. way it's, yeah i thought that though again that was just a very it, it sort of lightly graces the story in just a small way but it's it's really i thought it's just beautiful like you, that's something that you know it's quite a spiritual aspect it's quite you know um asking yourself about really questions about yourself and really who are you and and you mm. know how it could be how you could separate and splinter off like that's very complicated as a, as a theme and i think that was nice nicely sort of interspruced in the story yeah i mean like because you get it like the skeksis kind of embody this sort of like greed and you know it, as you said like they're kind of trying to cling on to life and power whereas the uru are much more accepting of like this is my time it's my time to go um you know there's a bit i think where and they're, when they're kind of marching like the uru are marching to the the castle to kind of for the um you know for for the kind of alignment of the suns and where it's when the the kind of skexy scientist has fallen into into the pit of lava um and one of the uru just kind of glows red and just vanishes and they all just kind of look and then look back and just keep going it's like they've accepted that they, that it's something that happens to them and they can't really control yeah. it Exactly, yeah, and I love the the last moment. They just turn up at the Great Conjunction, and like everything's falling apart, and oh, here we are, <laughs> just <laughs> just sham- shambling in, like. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say about the cantillations, like the the way that they they like you know use their voices like in in harmony and synchro- synchronicity to just produce this kind of really powerful kind of like chant. Yeah, it, it's interesting. So, yeah, I. The, Oddly, that's about what I was just about to mention. The kind of the kind of call that they have, it's really haunting, isn't it? And it just yeah, it kind of keeps building and building and building as kind of more and more of them sort of like add to it. connected to the crystal because of the bit where jen's trying to work out which crystal it is and he kind of has a vision or hears them like singing and then plays a note on his uh pipe um and it kind of glows which i don't know there's like the kind of bit at the start where you see him like kind of just sat playing his pipe i was just like he could just be zelda at that point you know that's, that's like well link even that 
that's like you know he's got a pipe or an ocarina obviously it's not an ocarina but you know it's, it sound quite similar and you know he's living in this little village <laughs> he's gonna get called onto a, a quest and luckily he doesn't have an annoying fairy to kind of like that goes around and and kind of like yeah. points you in the right direction but it does it has that i don't know it just has that kind of zaldery sort of vibe some bits of it i think in the same way interesting you mentioned zelda in this because i think when you think about the origins of what zelda was it was like a the creator was i can't remember his name um and he he was kind of going off into caves and he was going off into the as a as a kid this was his in, inspiration was being like a zelda character and having as i say this little village it's a very similar place it's a very similar kind of idea of this kind of as i say like an enchanting world where you mm. are you know this character where you've got like as i said the weird thing is the flute like yeah like there's this similar sort of wind instrument that he uses and, and wields yeah um, but i guess the the kind of village thing is that that's a very like fantasy sort of like theme or trope isn't it of like you know hobbiton like the shire it's this you know it's kind of removed from the world it's it's kind of isolated it's on its own it's very idyllic some people seem to have jobs a lot of people just seem to have houses and eat all the time you know it's perfect it's great um and it's a kind of the same in that isn't it yeah and in in link kind of is in this little sort of village that's a bit removed from the kind of wider wider world that's maybe a bit darker yeah, like uh, I was going to say Tatooine as well. Like that's a, you know, this this kind yeah. of small dirt planet out of the way, you know, and then suddenly rise to prominence and going out to venture out into the world. Yeah, I think yeah. Aragon in Aragon, the Azeneca starts off in a very kind of out of the way village until he kind of the call to adventure comes. And that, yeah, that that is the kind of, you know, that's that's fantasy really, isn't it? Like it's the, you're kind of in this very nice world status quo that then gets upset by something and you have to end up inevitably going off and, and doing something and, and then yeah. eventually probably come back and, and it happens in quite a lot of quite a lot of fantasy or, or not so is there anything you else you wanted to do, talk about fantasy or, or no i think i think that that's done it done it justice really yeah so thank you for listening in um we hope you've enjoyed the episode if you have please subscribe on spotify or apple Podcasts or google Podcasts. Go and check out our Twitter or our Facebook or our Instagram. And yeah, station signing off. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Station Podcast. If you have any thoughts about the film or what we've discussed today, please be sure to let us know at our Facebook and Instagram, as well as if you want to keep up to date with what we post and our schedules. Thank you.